Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of the Batflip Crazy podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis. I'm your host, Toby. In today's podcast, we're going to be covering 12 possible hitter targets uh, on the waiver waiver wire. So if you're doing your uh, weekly fab or even in daily leagues, if you're scouring that waiver wire for some guys who might be able to help you, this is the podcast for you. I'm also going to look at three two-start pitchers this year, two that I think you should consider starting depending on your situation, uh, and one that you definitely shouldn't despite some good matchups. As always, you can find the podcast on iTunes and other podcast platforms. If you like what you're hearing, either on this podcast or on past podcasts, please do go and give us a five-star rating and write a nice review. Please share the podcast with friends. Uh, We are a uh, small little podcast that is uh, trying its best, and so anything you can do to help spread the word, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, thanks to everybody who has left a five-star rating already in a review and a special shout out uh, this podcast for Christian Shiv, uh, who wrote a wonderful review of the podcast on iTunes and really made my week. So thank you so much for the kind words, Christian. Hope you're listening to this podcast. Over the last couple of weeks, I've also done a number of observations um, on hitters and pitchers that I've covered um, who are potential uh, waiver wire targets. So among these are Tyler White, Trey Mancini, Heimer Candelario, Nico Goodrum, Cedric Mullins, Rafael Ortega, Joe Maurer, Jorge Bonifacio, Kendris Morales, Willie Adamas, uh, Harrison Bader, Alex Cobb, Jalen Beeks, Tyler Glasnow, and Joe Musgrove, among others. So if you are potentially interested, if those guys are on your waiver wire, Definitely check out the last two podcasts. If you go into the podcast notes, it uh, indicates who the players are that were discussed. So go ahead and check that out. Hopefully that can help you on the waiver wire too. Don't want to uh, rehash those guys since a lot of the analysis I did uh, over the last week or so on those two podcasts still holds. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at BatFootCrazy on Instagram at BatFlipCrazy, on Facebook at BatFlipCrazyFantasy. The blog is BatFlipCrazy.com. I've also recently put up two new videos uh, that cover the um, cover rolling uh, average graphs, which is one of my favorite tools uh, for fantasy baseball analysis. It covers how to use them for hitters and pitchers. Definitely check that out. That's on uh, the BatFlipCrazy YouTube channel. Um, let me know what you think of those. All right, let, uh, let's get this party started. All right, first up, we are going to cover 12 hitters that are potentially on your waiver wire. As usual, doing waiver wire uh, podcasts is a little challenging, obviously, Uh, the number of teams in each league, whether 15 teams, 12 teams, 10 teams, uh, varies among listeners, as does the the format, whether head-to-head, you know, roto, whatnot. So I do my best to include folks who uh, will likely be on the waiver wire or, um, you know, potentially on the waiver wire for folks, depending on the league size. So hopefully that helps. 
Also, as I go through this, you'll notice that I, I tend to focus on a few metrics. Uh, the first one is O swing or chase rate. Uh, and this is kind of um, uh, a great plate discipline metric. So looking at plate discipline, I also look at Z contact, which is in zone contact, uh, obviously good for whether somebody's making contact or not. I then look at hard hit rate, which is kind of quality of contact, right? The harder somebody's hitting the ball, generally speaking, the better it is. And then I also look at fly ball percentage. And, you know, this is more useful for folks that you're looking for um, power from, um, you know, with some of the contact hitters, you know, where you're looking more for speed, uh, it may not be as uh, important um, as maybe line drive rate. You may, like in the instance of Billy Hamilton, want somebody to hit the ball um, on the ground or on a line more than fly balls, but um, generally include that as well. And then I'll provide the last 14 days uh, their uh, stat line uh, for batting average, runs, home runs, RBI, and stolen bases. Then I'll provide ex-WOBA, um, expected weighted on base average, and WOBA over the same period of time, just to give a sense of whether um, you know there may be some luck involved in how well they're hitting or uh, underperforming that as well. And then what I'm going to add this time around is a look at the schedule for the upcoming week um, for each hitter, so you can use that in thinking through whether you want to start somebody or not. All right, enough of that. Let's uh, hop into folks. The first person I'm going to mention is Greg Allen. I tweeted about him earlier in the week, uh, Indians outfielder. He is showing improved plate discipline and contact recently, 24.2% O swing percentage, about um, 6% better than league average, a really solid 93% Z contact. Uh, that is about 7.5% above league average. His hard hit rate is down um, in the last little bit, as is his fly ball rate, 29.3%, 25.6% uh, respectively. He's not necessarily a power hitter, so that's not as concerning. What is uh, really great to see is both the contact and the plate discipline. Allen has a ton of speed, and so you want him to be getting on base either by um, walking, uh, so that plate discipline metric is important, or by putting the ball um, in play and hopefully getting a decent uh, batting average out of that. And that's what he's doing right now. Over the last 14 days, Allen is hitting 348 with eight runs, one home run, six RBI, and six stolen bases. That six stolen bases is huge. That can really uh, make or break um, you if you're playing in a roto league or even head-to-head. -head. I mean, imagine having those six stolen bases in your um, over the last two weeks in your head-to-head. Uh, his ex-WOBA is at 345, which is slightly above average, and that WOBA is at 362. So pretty much in line, support what he's been doing. Uh, this week, he's got six games, uh, three, uh, all, all six are at home, three against Minnesota, and three against Tampa Bay. Overall, that, those are fairly solid matchups. They're not great. They're not terrible. Um, from a running perspective, they're okay, too. Pretty much solid across the board. Um, they're not a reason to keep him out of your lineup moving forward. Um, he's a guy you're probably looking at more in deeper leagues, like 15 teams, but if you need that speed, he can definitely help out in um, uh, 12 teamers as well. Next up is uh, Philip Irvin of the Cincinnati Reds. He's been getting everyday playing time uh, in the outfield uh, with Jesse Winker um, out. Um, 
33.8% O swing, so slightly worse than league average there. His Z contact is at 86.7%, about 1% above league average. His hard hit rate um, is terrific at 45.7%. That's about 10% above league average. And then his fly ball rate is down at 25.7%. Uh, the results have been good, though, over the last two weeks. He's batting 300 with four runs, two home runs, seven RBI, and three stolen bases. His ex-WOBA of 350, which is about 30 points above league average, uh, 30, 25 points above league average um, is right in line with his 349 Woba. He's got six games this week, three um, at home versus Milwaukee, and then three uh, at St. Louis. Um, pretty you know, mediocre overall. It's okay for hitting, but it's not terrific for um, Irvin's stolen bases uh, this upcoming week, which is one of the reasons why you'd be looking at him. He's got that really nice power stolen base combo. Uh, the batting average has definitely been a, a pleasant surprise um, for him so far. Again, you're probably looking at Irvin in your 15-team leagues um, right now or you know, potentially in 12s if, you're really, if you really need power and speed, um, if, you, if you can't uh, sacrifice one uh, right now. Um, he might be a guy that you want to look at. Next up, we have Jeff McNeil, uh, New York Mets. Um, he is a rookie, but he's come out swinging. Uh, his plate discipline is not good at 41% O swing. Uh, that is about 10.5% uh, above or worse than league average, which is not good. But he's a guy who continues to make solid contact despite that poor plate discipline. Um, he's about 2% above league average at 87.7% for his Z contact. He's hitting the ball hard at 42%, and he's got a 34% fly ball rate. Hitting 364 over the last 14 days, nine runs, uh, zero home runs, six RBI, two stolen bases. That batting average stolen base combo with some of those counting stats uh, is really nice for McNeil. He's got a 376 expected Woba, which is great, and right in line with his 375 Woba. He's got six games, three at uh, the San Francisco Giants and three at the Cubs. Uh, this is good for speed, and he has stolen those two bases over the last 14 days, but not great um, for hitting, although um, he is going to be facing uh, four uh, lefties. So that is one thing uh, to consider. Let me just confirm really quickly uh, that McNeil, I actually have not seen him play he bats left so that is definitely something uh to take into consideration um with McNeil heading into this week uh I'm not sure I have not seen what his splits are but something uh to take a peek at if you're considering putting him in the lineup now a guy I really love for the upcoming week is Neil Walker of the Yankees he's getting every day at bats right now 28% O swing so slightly better than league average uh, plate discipline over the last 14 days, 88.5% Z contact. So we're looking at about 3% above league average. And then he's approaching our 40-40. That's 40% hard hit, 40% fly ball that we like to see. He's got a 36.7% hard hit rate and a 37.9% fly ball rate. Batting 278 with four runs, two home runs, eight RBI, and zero stolen bases. What I love is he's got a 415 expected WOBA over that period of time and only a 371 WOBA. So he is underperforming um, 
uh, overall in terms of his production. And he's got a great schedule this week. Seven games, three uh, all at home, three versus the White Sox, four versus the Tigers. He's a guy in 15-team leagues you definitely want to plug him in this week. And even if you're looking at 12-team leagues and you are, um, you're in a weekly league where you need to kind of plug a guy in for the whole week, he is definitely somebody that I would consider, particularly given his, um, uh, his multi-position eligibility. So that's another strong suit that he brings uh, to your team down the stretch here, um, which is really solid. Melky Cabrera is up next, uh, 28.2% O-swing over the last 14 days. That's slightly better than league average. His Z-contact is elite at 96.7%, so about 11% above league average. He's hitting the ball hard, 45.5%, and he's hitting it a decent amount in the air, 36.4%, so just a little bit above league average there. The results have been awesome um, for Cabrera. 333, seven runs, five home runs, 14 RBI, zero stolen bases over the last 14 days. He's got a 379 expected Woba, which is uh, below his 457 Woba. So he is he's a guy who's overperforming right now. That isn't necessarily bad. Um, you know, the 379 expected Woba is still solid. He's got a, a solid matchup this week. Um, just like Greg Allen, he's got six games, three versus Minnesota, three versus Tampa Bay. Um, so somebody that you could uh, consider putting in there if you need outfielders in a deeper league. He is hitting the ball well. Todd Frazier uh, is up next. I tweeted about uh, Frazier uh, earlier this week or late last week as a guy whose skills were kind of consolidating. And he's just been on fire since. Uh, 22.7% O-swing, which is very strong plate discipline, 89.8% Z-contact, which is about 4% uh, above league average, which is great for Frazier, not necessarily known for his contact skills. 47.7% hard hit rate, awesome. And then his fly ball rate is a little higher than we like to see it at 65.9%, um, um, but uh, it has not... Uh, not really bitten him recently, which is um, which is good news. And you can see that last 14 days, 309, nine runs, four home runs, 13 RBI, two stolen bases, contributing across the board uh, a lot, which is something I appreciate. I have him in a 20-team um, OBP Dynasty League, and he has been great the last couple weeks to own and have in the lineup. Uh, he is overperforming considerably of his uh, over his expected woba. It's only 282, which is not good over the last two weeks. Uh, 413 woba. Uh, that is a little bit surprising given the really strong skills. Um, the 65.9% fly ball rate may be the reason for that. He may have gotten lucky, had a couple of those fly over the fence when they usually uh, get caught. So just something to be. Um, considering there. Um, as I mentioned uh, earlier with McNeil, six games, three at the Giants, three at the Cubs. Decent for speed, not that great for hitting. There is um, four lefties. Frazier is a right-handed batter, um, but over his career, he hasn't hit lefties any better than righties. Uh, 244 career uh, split versus lefties and the same against righties. So that isn't a, a good or bad thing necessarily for Frazier. He has been struggling against lefties this year, but 
obviously a small sample size. Next up is Jonathan uh, VR. Uh, he's probably owned in most leagues, at least leagues like Roto, where you're going to need stolen bases. He's got uh, his his uh, plate discipline is at 28.8%. His O swing over the last two weeks, which is uh, slightly above league average, which is good for a speedster who we want to get on base. His Z contact is a little troubling or very troubling at 72%. That is um, very low. That's about 13.5% below league average, so not good. 29% hard hit rate, 36.7% five ball rate. Nothing really to write home about. Somebody asked specifically about him uh, on Twitter, and so I wanted to include him here. He's hitting 255 with six runs, three home runs, seven RBIs, and three stolen bases over the last 14 days. Those three stolen bases are um, really nice. I know people had a lot of questions about whether VR was going to continue to steal bases on the Orioles since they are known for having nobody run. Uh, It appears that he is going to to have the green light um, at least for the rest of the season, and so that is good. He's got a 306 expected WOBA, not too great, 34. 344 Woba. He does have um, uh, a solid uh, hitting schedule next week. He's got six games, three at home against the Blue Jays, and then three away at Kansas City. All of those are great hitting matchups. The first three are great for speed. The last three are not so um, great for speed. Sal Perez is a uh, great, um, uh, at least defensive catcher in terms of throwing folks out and so that's one thing to be mindful he's a guy who really you're only plugging into that lineup if you need the speed and so i'd say if you do need that speed and you have vr um, he's not a bad option this week with some nice hitting matchups and those first three games against uh, the blue jays Um, one thing to mention as i talk about the lineups um, the resource that i like to use the most when i'm looking at next week's games Um, is the Fantasy Forecaster at ESPN. Uh, Tristan Cockroft puts that together. It's really a great great resource as you plan the next week, and it gives ratings for overall hitting, left-handed hitting, right-handed hitting, and then speed. And so I'm using that when I'm talking about uh, what the matchups look like. Uh, There are other resources out there. Definitely consult those if you use others. Up next, we have Corey Spangenberg of the Padres. Um, He has some really nice skills over the last 14 days, 21.3% O-swing, so pretty much elite plate discipline, 84.8% Z-contact, so right around league average, about one point below, 42.9% hard hit rate, which is very strong, 31.6% fly ball rate. That's uh, below league average, um, but not, um, you know, it's it's low, so it may limit the power, but uh, Spangenberg's kind of another one of these power speed guys, so hopefully we'll see that fly ball percentage go up. Over the last 14 days, he's hitting 281, five runs, one home run, four RBI, one stolen base. Um, he's got a, a 384 expected WOBA and a 416 uh, WOBA, uh, which is, um, you know, both of those numbers are, are very solid. He's got six games, two versus uh, Seattle at home, and then four at home versus the Rockies. Uh, overall, these are fairly um, mediocre matchups uh, across the board for Spangenberg. Uh, he's really somebody that you're looking at in your deeper leagues, your 15-teamers. If you need maybe that power-speed combo, um, he is a guy whose skills are looking really solid right now. 
Up next is Ryan O'Hearn of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, O'Hearn, over the last 14 days, has a 26.3% O swing, 89.6% Z contact. Uh, so both of those are uh, very solid numbers, both for plate discipline and contact. 48% hard hit rate, which is terrific, and a 44% fly ball rate, which is also great. He is crushing the ball over the last 14 days, 297, 8 runs, 5 home runs, 9 RBI, 0 stolen bases, a 423 expected WOBA, which is awesome, uh, and a 444 WOBA overall. Um, O'Hearn is a rookie, so he's getting his first taste of big league action and doing well. He's only got five games next week, two, uh, but they're all really strong matchups. Uh, two at home against Baltimore and then three at home against Detroit. Um, you can't ask for better hitting matchups. The challenge is just that games. You know, the five games, if you've got another option who's playing seven games, it's tough to pass those up particularly if O'Hearn may sit out one of those games and then you're only looking at four games in a seven-game week. But in your deeper leagues, he's definitely somebody uh, you want to take a look at, especially if you need that power. Uh, This is his first taste of the majors, as I mentioned. In the minors, he's shown uh, pretty good plate discipline. Uh, His K percentage has been slightly above league average So uh, in the minors, so you'd expect maybe a couple ticks up as well there, some, some regression Um, happening in that contact rate. Um, He's got okay pop, and he's definitely showing that so far um, in the majors. And so, you know, we only have a little over a month to go in the season. And so, you know, um, uh, you know, you just got to ride the hot bat sometimes. So O'Hearn is definitely somebody uh, to consider. Take a look at that uh, longer term schedule. Uh, He's probably playing a lot of AL Central teams, which is not a bad thing. And so, um, he may be somebody who's valuable for uh, in deeper leagues um, later on as well. Next up, uh, somebody I never thought I would probably talk about, uh, JT Riddle. Uh, he's showing across the board a pretty solid skills, 27.8% O swing, uh, so uh, about 3% better than league average, 83.3% Z contact, slightly below average, about 2.5% uh, below league average, but not terrible. And then he's hitting the 40-40. Uh, 41.2% hard hit rate, 41.2% fly ball rate. Those are both great. Um, 282 with four runs, three home runs, nine RBI, and zero stolen bases. Here's where it gets interesting for Riddle. 424 expected WOBA over the last 14 days uh, to go along with a 385 WOBA. So he has been hitting the ball really well. Um, but still, the... Um, you know, the expected metric is, uh, believes that he should be doing actually better. Now, the challenge for Riddle, just like O'Hearn, is that he does only have five games. Uh, this week, two at Boston and then three versus Toronto. Overall, a mediocre schedule. Those three versus Toronto um, are definitely nice. And so if you play in a deep league, you know, you're probably looking 15 teamers or higher. Um, for Riddle, if you're desperate at shortstop, you might be able to plug him, plug, plug him in. But if you play leagues like an NFBC or other league where you have middle of the um, uh, middle of the week lineup changes, he might be a guy that you want to pick up this week and wait until the Friday and wait until the weekend series uh, against the Blue Jays uh, to plug him in. Definitely, it's just somebody to watch as well. Um, as we head down the season, getting plenty of playing time with the Marlins. 
G-Man Choi is somebody uh, who is also on uh, the list. I got a couple recommendations for him on Twitter, so I'm including him here. Uh, he, over the last 14 days, um, it's important to note he actually did not qualify over the 14 days um, for a lot of the skills, which means that he's not getting a ton of plate appearances, particularly with Tommy Pham coming back. Uh, there's going to be fewer um, uh, fewer at-bats to go around in that Rays lineup, so just something to consider, although C.J. Crone has passed through waivers, and so he may be a guy who actually might get traded um, this upcoming week. Uh, something to consider when you think about whether to plug him in. Uh, but G-Man Choi, 15.2% O-swing, which is elite, elite uh, plate discipline over the last little bit. Uh, last 14 days, 89.5% Z-contact, which is also about 4% above league average. 50% hard hit rate, but only a 16% fly ball rate, limiting his power. Hitting 362, four runs, zero home runs, one RBI, two stolen bases. I think at least one of those stolen bases was a double steal, I think on a full count with Willie Adamas. I know that because I have Adamas in a couple uh, leagues. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think that speed is something that's necessarily going to continue with Choi. Uh, but hey, you'll take those two stolen bases. 426 expected Woba is great and lines up with a 424 Woba. He is also a five-game weaker with the Rays, which is really sad because the Rays have a couple guys I would love to play this week, and I'm just going to have a hard time fitting them in uh, because of the limited number of games. Two at Atlanta and then three at Cleveland. Just not a good week for matchups overall for the Rays. Uh, Choi, you know, uh, it's a small sam- very small sample size for those 14 days. I mean, 14 days is always a small sample size, but it's particularly small for Choi since he didn't even qualify in those uh, two weeks. Um, so to kind of kind of move out and get a little perspective, overall in his uh, major league career, he has shown good plate discipline, solid batted ball quality, especially hard hit rate. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. That cough coming back with a vengeance, it still is not gone. Uh, but he does also have above average uh, K rate, um, so below uh, average contact rate as well, and then league average fly ball. So you know, there's something there if you need a uh, batting average, but we're only talking about deep, deep, deep leagues here. Uh, maybe AL only's for G-Man Choi. Next up, uh, and the last hitter we're going to cover is Billy McKinney. Uh, picked up by the Blue Jays from the Yankees. Um, had a really good game um, two days ago, um, since you're going to be listening to this on Sunday. Uh, overall, 24.1% O swing so far this year. Very small sample. Z contact. Both of those numbers are great, both in terms of plate discipline and contact. 54.6% hard hit rate. That is awesome. Almost 20% above league average. And then a 45.5% fly ball rate, which is also um, great, about uh, 10% above league average. He's hitting 400 with four runs, two home runs, seven RBI, and zero stolen bases uh, in the last 14 days. Uh, with a 492 expected WOBA and a 553 WOBA. That's what'll happen when you don't have a ton of uh, great, a uh, ton of at bats and you hit two home runs in one game. He's got uh, six games this week three at Baltimore and three at uh, Miami. Great hitting matchups, obviously, but it's important to remember that the Blue Jays will lose the DH when they play uh, in Miami. And so that's something to consider, whether it's Kendris Morales or to Oscar Hernandez or McKinney. You know, there are a lot of um, mouths to feed in that Blue Jays lineup right now. 
So whether McKinney is going to get enough games to be um, uh, worthy of a play uh, is up for debate. In the minors, since we only have a very small major league uh, sample to look at, uh, he has shown uh, strong play discipline and contact in the minors, um, but it hasn't necessarily uh, resulted, at least recently, in some top-notch production. He's got a low average. He's got a high fly ball rate, um, which is which is all right, but um, it's uh, recently, at least, has sapped his um, BABIP and his batting average uh, in Triple A this season. So, just something to consider with McKinney. It's hard to really put a um, you know, hard to get much from this small sample. He's obviously hitting the ball well, so in deeper leagues, he is definitely worth consideration. All right, so those are 12 hitters that may or may not be on your waiver wire, but are uh, based on skills and performance recently, they are definitely worth consideration. As always, when you're thinking about waiver wire at this point in the season, it is all about what you need on your team. If it's Roto and you need stolen bases, look at a guy like Greg Allen, look at a guy like Philip Irvin, um, look at a guy like Jonathan VR, or even Corey Spangenberg if your league is deep enough. Um, if you need power, um, you know, guys like uh, Walker or uh, Frazier or uh, O'Hearn even may be folks that you want to look at um, as well in head-to-head, um, you know, ride that hot bat. Uh, just from, just make sure that you're not just picking up guys because they're quote-unquote good, but that you are actually looking at what your team needs are and how these players can help you uh, win your fantasy league here over the last uh, five weeks of the season or so. So that'll wrap us up for hitters. I'm going to cover three pitchers um, in the next segment. Uh, hope you enjoyed uh, that run through of some pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting hitters um, here down the stretch. All right, next up we are going to cover uh, three pitchers, all two start pitchers for next week. Um, these they kind of fall in different categories. One I think I'd definitely start. One I would not start, despite good matchups. And then the other one is kind of a question mark and really depends on where your pitching is at. Before that, though, I threw in a new transition in uh, right before this segment, and it was called high anxiety, and uh, I hope it didn't hurt your ears, but that's how I feel about pitching right now. Um, I'm probably going through one of the worst stretches of pitching uh, that I can remember on a personal level um, in my fantasy baseball leagues. Luckily, in most of them, I got out to a pretty strong um, start this year, but it has just been challenging um, I know a lot of folks are struggling with it, but it has been challenging to find pitching, and it just seems like right when you think you have something, uh, you don't, uh, and it goes it goes bad quickly. So hopefully, um, you know these uh, recommendations work out well for you. Um, definitely, uh, you go based on your level of comfort. I know some folks are more conservative, some folks are going for two starts. Uh, you know. Uh, whether they need it or not, but definitely think about your situation. If you need those um, wins, those Ks, um, your ratios are okay, then definitely look at uh, some of these two-star guys. Um, if you are trying to protect those ratios, then definitely think twice before moving forward. Uh, we'll start off with probably um, a guy who, you know, and this is probably an 
uh, for deeper leagues, but Brian Johnson of the Red Sox has two starts, and they look really nice on paper uh, with against uh, at home against Miami, and then on the road against the White Sox. You really couldn't ask for two better matchups. Uh, I'm not starting Johnson this week, despite that, even in a 15-team league. You know, again, it always depends on the context that you are in, but um, Johnson's skills are all headed in the wrong direction, uh, from swinging strike rate to first pitch strike rate, uh, O-swing, zone percentage, you name it. They're all headed downward in the wrong direction, and they are all either below or well below league average. Um, so Johnson is a guy that I think I'm, I'm not starting him despite the really rosy, uh, matchups. Um, you know, you're probably only looking at him in 15 team leagues, but, uh, I would suggest steering clear of Johnson, um, you know, uh, for, for her, uh, until he shows a little something, um, for you to hold on to and, and, and to give you hope as he heads into that two star week. Up next is the guy that I probably like the most. Now, some websites have him down for two starts, uh, like Fantrax. Others don't quite yet. Um, uh, ESPN in their two start weeks. But it looks like he's going to be starting on Tuesday and Sunday of next week. That is Anthony Desclafani of the Cincinnati Reds. He's got two starts, one at home against uh, the Brewers and then one on the road against St. Louis. Over his last three games, Desclafani has a 10% swinging strike rate, so slightly below league average. His O swing is up at 33.6%, uh, which is about 3% above league average, which is great. And that is um, both his swinging strike rate and O swing are headed in the right direction. They've both gotten little bumps recently. His first pitch strike is slightly below league average at 58.8%, but his zone percentage is well above league average, about... Um, five uh, plus percent above league average. So he's throwing the ball in the zone a lot. And he's also getting a decent amount of chases on those pitches uh, when he does throw pitches outside the zone. And so that's really been a huge piece for Descalfani over the last little bit because he's kept his walk rate very, very low, uh, which is always nice. Um, That's something that I, you know, I've got some leagues where I am trying to protect some ratios are not even protect, but just make up uh, some ratios where I've been hit hard. And so a guy like Desclafani, who can get you a decent amount of strikeouts and also doesn't walk guys, is great. One of the reasons for his recent success, potentially, is that he is throwing his slider, which is his best pitch, uh, more than at any point over the last few years. He's throwing it on 374 percent of pitches which is great we always love to see guys throwing their best pitch uh, most often over those last three games that I mentioned I mentioned the skills he has 20 and two-thirds innings so a decent amount of innings there 19 um, you know almost seven seven innings per start which is great 19 strikeouts 2.18 ERA uh, whip under one at 0.92 and he's got a 23.1% K-minus walk rate because his uh, walk rate is so low, um, which is awesome. He is, you know, whether he's getting lucky or not, uh, it remains to be seen, but his BABIP is at 268 over that period of time and 80% left on base. So there is the possibility of some regression there. 
you know, against the Cubs, uh, he got knocked around in terms of hits. He gave up a lot of hits, but again, I don't think he walked anybody in that start or else he had one intentional walk. And so um, that is great. So the good things about Desclafani heading into those matchups, which I'd consider okay, there are no offenses that you're definitely steering clear of, but they're also not uh, a walk in the park. Um, he has, um, you know, he's, he's increased that slider usage, which is great. He's got that O swing and that zone uh, percentage increase working and, and limiting that walk percentage. So Desclafani of the three that I'm going to cover is probably the guy I feel most comfortable going with uh, next week. The guy who kind of falls in that uh, middle range where I'm a little bit on the fence towards him. Um, If you do have a slot open in your rotation uh, for the week and you are looking for two starts, I think Sam Gaviglio is not a terrible option. Two starts, uh, one at Baltimore and then one at Miami. Baltimore actually has been hitting the ball well over the last 30 days. Um, I haven't checked over the last couple days, but about three or four days ago, they actually had the highest um, WOBA um, of any team over the last 30 days. And so they have been hitting the ball decently well. Important to consider that. But again, those are two really nice matchups um, for Gaviglio. Over his last three games, he's got an 11.4% swinging strike rate, which is strong, almost 1% above league average. 25.2% O swing, which is a little concerning. That is about 5% below league average. And really what that tells us is that folks aren't chasing outside the zone. And so that's going to make um, it important for his for him to have a decent zone percentage, get ahead of hitters, um, because folks aren't um, chasing. And so that may result in some whip issues, a higher walk percentage. Uh, 60.6% first pitch strike, so right around league average. And then his zone percentage is about 1% above league average at 44.7%. So it's good that that zone percentage is above league average, but the combination of that zone percentage and that O swing and that first pitch strike uh, leads you to see if those skills continue that he's going to have a little bit of an issue with walks. He is throwing his slider, which is his best pitch, on 30.4% of his pitches, which is uh, a slight increase... um, uh, over the season, a little bit of a dip. Um, he did have a, a one game where he threw a ton of sliders. He has not kept that up consistency, consistently, which is a little disappointing. Over the last three games, he's got 16 and two-thirds innings pitched, 16 strikeouts, so about a strikeout per inning, 432 ERA, 132 whip, a 19.7% K-minus walk rate, which is uh, very strong. Um, uh, that is about 5% above league average. I forgot to mention, Desclafani's K-walk uh, walk rate is 23.1%. So that is uh, awesome. That is elite almost um, for Desclafani. And it's mostly, uh, almost exclusively, because his K rate is a little bit above league average, but that, his walk rate is very low. Um, so Gaviglio has this the exact opposite problem of Desclafani, where his BABIP over the last three games has been 353 67.7% left on base rate. Again, over a small stretch, it's hard to say whether uh, Gavilio is going to experience some positive regression or not. It's unlikely that a BABIP would stay that high, but again, we don't, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, uh, I wouldn't be banking on that necessarily. I think the key for Gaviglio is, is he going to throw enough sliders? Is he going to get those swinging strikes high enough where there aren't too many balls in play uh, that can hurt you. 
So with all of that, you know, there's the slider bump, there's the drop in his sinker usage, which is not a good pitch, um, which is uh, good, although he has thrown slightly more sinkers recently. Um, you know, overall, I'd say, uh, again, if you need wins, if you need Ks, Gaviglio is a guy who could probably help you out. But if you have any concerns about your ratios, um, I would definitely think twice uh, before starting him this week. All right. Well, that are those are three pitchers who have two starts this week. Uh, one I would steer clear of, Brian Johnson. One I would definitely or I would most likely go with, that's Anthony Desclafani. Um, and then uh, one that I'm on the fence and really is dependent on your situation, uh, that is Sam uh, Gaviglio. With all three of these guys, you know, um, I think with Johnson and Gaviglio, we're really talking 15-teamers. Uh, with Desclafani, I think uh, even in a 12, you may want to consider him, again, depending on your situation. Well, so that covers our pitchers. We covered three pitchers and uh, 12 hitters, a total of 15 players, uh, potentially on the waiver wire. As I mentioned before, um, there's other hitter, uh, other pitchers that I've taken a look at, uh, Jalen Beeks, Tyler Glass now, Joe Musgrove, um, some others recently in the observation. So definitely check those out if you have questions about other pitchers. And as always, you can always ask me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy if you do have some questions. So that wraps us up for, um, uh, for our pitchers and covering of the waiver wire. That is going to wrap us up for episode 20 of the BatFlipCrazy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's kind of crazy to think that we uh, that we've already done 20 podcasts. Um, it seems like just yesterday that we did the first one. Just trying to figure it out. We are still uh, just trying to figure it out, but can't tell you how much um, I appreciate you listening. If you do enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please do take uh, a minute or two. Go to iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, leave a review. Um, it's always awesome to hear that folks are getting value, and it definitely helps um, spread the word when you do that. We are a little podcast, and uh, so everything that you can do to help spread the word uh, would be great. I do hope over the first 20 episodes, including this episode, you have gained some value, um, maybe learned a little bit as you've gone along. Um, I have definitely been learning both in terms of the podcast and just um, every, every week brings new lessons to learn in fantasy baseball, new players to analyze, and it really has been um, an awesome experience uh, to share with everybody who's listening um, on the podcast. As always, if I've missed anybody and you're curious for my take, uh, definitely hit me up on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. You can also follow um, me on, at BatFlipCrazy on Instagram. Uh, Bat, at Batflip Crazy Fantasy on Facebook. Uh, the blog is batflipcrazy.com. And then on YouTube, as I mentioned before, two new videos this week going over rolling average graphs for hitters and pitchers, how to use them, where you can find them on fan graphs, um, some of the metrics that you can use to gauge pitcher and hitter skills um, and trends. Uh, it's, it's an awesome tool and really hope folks um, are getting some value out of that. Thank you so much 
um, for listening. Be kind to each other. Best of luck with all of your fantasy baseballing. Uh, we, uh, I will talk to you soon.